I'm going to make an honest confession, and this confession might be one that you can relate with. Growing up, I didn't really have a good concept of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, growing up, the Holy Spirit was sort of like, you know, my conscience. You know, it was the don't steal the cookies out of the cookie jar, a little voice in your head. Uh, that's it, you know. Yeah, sure. So I didn't really understand fully what the gifts of the Spirit look like, how they could manifest. I just, I didn't see them in the people around me, right? So I didn't have any idea. And um, I have told you before, but my first introduction to the gifts of the Spirit actually came when I read your book for the first time. Yay! Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you know, this is back in um, 2017. So, yes, I still feel fairly new to this, and that's why I'm still learning a lot. But, but you've learned a lot in the past <laughs> how many that, years? That's, that's totally all God. But no, it, the silly thing about the fact when I was at that point not fully understanding what the gifts really, what mm -hmm. they really, you know, were, but desiring to learn more. But I remember when we were starting to chat and get to know each other and I'm starting to realize like, you know, wow, I, I think I'm interested in this person. Right, more God's confirming it's to beginning me. to become more than a friendship. Exactly. That I remember the thought came to my mind, you know, like, you know, this, you know, Petey, he, he has, he walks in the gift of healing. So yeah, that's great because that means like, you know, if, if we marry, right? I don't ever have to worry about getting sick or, you know, like, you know, all these, the bad things that can happen because like he has the gift of healing, right? He'll, he can just pray and we'll be good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember when I started getting introduced to the idea of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, I remember I myself had some thoughts that when I think back on what they were, it's like, wow, this that was so off. Like I remember looking at someone else who had the gift of healing and, and yeah. I actually thought something similar, like, so uh, do, does everyone that pray for get healed? Like that was one of the yeah. thoughts I had, right? And like, he must never get sick, right? Because he has the gift of healing, so. Right, and, and that's how a lot of people actually think <laughs> because uh, one of the big criticisms that have come uh, against people who operate in specifically the gift of healing is, well, that can't be real because they need to then just go to the hospitals and clean out the hospitals, yeah. heal everyone mm -hmm. and so on. And, you know, we've talked about on this channel right. before but about this, but, you know, Jesus, Yeshua did not clean out the hospitals, didn't heal every leper in Israel mm -hmm. because the gift of healing has a different purpose right. than simply to do that. Um, but. The, the thing is, though, I think that this is very f common in that yeah. people, when they are introduced to it, there's a lot of assumptions. Mm. And, you know, I think that it's important for us to read the scriptures and get our ideas about the gifts really mm. from the scriptures, because then we won't really have yeah. all of these assumptions. Right. I'm going to jump in on that, like the importance of getting our understanding of what the Holy Spirit and its gifts look mm. like from the scripture. Um, you know, there's a, a quote from Paul Washer on this topic that he's never met someone. You know, we, I love Paul Washer. Mm. I've learned so much from him and he's, you know, mm. he's done so much for the kingdom. That's awesome. But there was this one quote on this topic that I remember. And he said, he has never met someone with the gift of healing because if he met someone with the gift of healing, 
then everyone they pray for would mm -hmm. get healed and they would be going to every hospital in every city and praying for everyone and seeing them all mm -hmm. get healed. And he's mm -hmm. never met someone like that. So henceforth, he's never seen someone walking in a gift of healing. Right. So that gift doesn't exist anymore well, because in that case, know. Paul the apostle is not didn't have the gift of healing either. <laughs> because he prayed and you know, he writes and he's he's writing to us, asking us to pray for this brother in Christ who is sick, right. near death, and but he survived. You know, right. he praised God that God did, that God allowed him to live so I don't mm -hmm. have burden upon burden. Paul writes about this. So we right. see that Paul was concerned that he was going to die. You know, if the gift of healing was what we can think of and that everyone must get healed, then it means that no one will die. Because as long as you're around the guy who has the gift of healing, you will have immortality. But that's not the point of all of this, right? No. The gift of healing is not there to give you immortality. It's there as a sign to point people to Christ, the real source of uh, to get back access to the tree of life, to live right. forever, to have eternal life. And it's there, it is there to bring healing to people. It is there to bring healing to believers who are suffering. But it's there for the glorification of the Father and pointing us to the next age to come where all will be healed, all will be free. And there won't even be a need for the gift of healing there because no one will be sick anymore. Right. And, you know, even kind of jumping back to like what Paul Washer said, this sort of misunderstanding, and even what I had, that if you have the gift of healing, then everyone will get healed. It's almost like the authority or the power of healing is coming mm. from you mm. instead of from God. And we remember his ways are above our ways. Sometimes there's things that we do not see. And whatever that might be, we are called to pray and to to, to walk in authority as the given the authority through Yeshua, the Holy Spirit. But we also know that there's not, we won't understand his ways and his, his timings for everything. And we live in a broken world. So inevitably there is sickness, there is pain, mm -hmm. there is death, there is sorrow and all of these things. And we don't bring the healing, it is God. Amen. We don't do it for the results. We do it, we pray because he told us to, Amen. that is it. But in the end, he's the one mm -hmm. who gives the healing. And we have this perception, right? I've had people who have come to me um, who desired freedom, who have mm -hmm. traveled, who have done trouble to see. And this expectation was there that, you know, the moment that I lay hands on them, yeah. uh, they will be free. I remember one friend um, brought another to me and asked me to pray, right, with the the hope that something good will happen. And, and something good did happen, but mm -hmm. it wasn't what uh, I guess one could expect. You remember, I, I remember speaking to him and he asked, he told me about all these aspects of his life that he needs freedom in. And I told him, well, I'm not going to pray for you. Because you see what's been happening with him and the father just, the Holy Spirit led me in this. I know it sounds strange, but just bear with me. You see what happened with this particular person is that they've been going from person to person to person. Uh, or let me say they've had experiences uh, where people have tried to pray their issues away, but the actual issue was never going to be resolved by only that there was actually an intervention further that was needed. And that intervention would only come by me saying, I'm not going to pray for you, but this is what you're going to need to do. And then there's a further journey that I that, you know, that I went on with this particular person and eventually 
there was freedom, right? There was there was deliverance, but it didn't come the way that one might expect. And sometimes it does come in in a miraculous, instantaneous way that's amazing and praise God for that, right? But my point's just that there's sometimes a process. Right. I mean, just to kind of cut in on mm. that, there have been times and we've seen it so many times and you've seen it, you know, so many times where you've prayed and like God does amazing miracle right there. Yes. And like glory to God, you know, someone who couldn't walk can now walk yes. just like, wow. But there's also many times we've prayed for people and either they, they didn't get healed or it actually took a little longer. And like they let us know a few days later, like, wow, I right. realized the pain isn't there anymore. And it was after you prayed or someone let us know like a month later, like mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell you or you know whatever, but mm -hmm. I wanted to test it out and it is really gone now. You know, it's, it's because you prayed. Um, but oftentimes we have this sort of mindset. It's like this mick miracle we're looking right. for. If it doesn't happen just like that, the way we expect God to fit into our box of what we think it needs to look like, well then, you know, we start to doubt him. Right. And people, people don't want the process because yeah. I understand why the process is painful. Yeah. But the, the thing is that the father will not, if there's a process that is needed, the father is actually blessing us by not healing us instantaneously because the process is then there to help us grow spiritually, mm -hmm. is there to actually point out sometimes what is the thing that has caused this issue to begin with? Mm -hmm. Because many times, an issue that is even physical is totally caused by a spiritual reason or an emotional reason, uh, fear, trauma, yeah, other bondages. Yeah. And and what does it help that you get healed from your physical infirmity, but the spiritual root that has caused it remains? That right. means that we just give it enough time and you will have a new physical infirmity come up again because the root issue was never dealt with. And sometimes God wants to take us in that journey. Like, you know, if. I've experienced this myself, but like, you know, we know if you struggle with self-hatred and constantly just demeaning yourself, speaking death over yourself, really the way you think about yourself, inevitably your body actually responds to those negative thoughts and those negative words. And you can actually react in a way of illness and sickness and digestive issues and whatever else that might look like because your body's responding to the, the words of death that you're speaking over yourself. And while yes, God can heal and we have seen just like that heal, but yet if the root issue isn't addressed, can it happen again? Yes, it can. It doesn't mean that the healing didn't work. It means that there's a root issue that needs to be addressed in your life. And that's something that you need to go to the Father and talk about because only he can maybe reveal what that is. And this isn't the case for everything. It's not right. always where there's always something like that. Right. But there are certain situations where there is. Right. Yeah. yeah, guys. So, you know, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to share regarding um, <laughs> assumptions. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, just like, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we cannot put them into mm -hmm. the box, into a box, a doctrinal or denominational box, what they need to look like. It has to look always like this or always like that. But God is way outside of our boxes. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. You know, the, sp the Spirit, we like to be in control. We mm -hmm. like to have the Holy Spirit always do it the way that we envision yeah. or want. But that's the thing is that He is the Holy Spirit. That is His nature. His nature is that He is not us. Mm -hmm. He is he is one with his father with the father and the father's ways are above all our ways 
And so it means that God is not in our boxes and God is not in a containable form. God is out of our control. Right. I mean, he's a supernatural God. Why do we try to contain him into a natural box with our natural mindset and understanding? He's a infinite God that we try to understand with our finite minds, but yet he is infinite. There are things we might not understand mm. or might not be able to see, but that's okay because, well, he's God and we're not. Right. So be careful of your assumptions that have come from your mind about God's spiritual gifts, mm. his Holy Spirit, what he is supposed yeah. to look like, work like, and what he's not supposed to work like. Hey, one more thing. Let me tell you for everyone listening um, that happened to me. I remember, you know, the whole, um, you know, we hear this this phrase, this terminology being mm. slayed in the spirit, right? Where you have in churches this hang happening where pastors, you know, touch people and, and then they fall over and and, you know, there's definitely uh, an abuse that can happen in those cases. You know, yeah. we've seen this, uh, we've talked about it on this channel somewhat, where, you know, it can become a teaching that, you know, if you don't fall over or something wrong with you, like you need to be in, you need to be, you know, that's the sign of, of being touched by God. And that's right. what needs to happen yeah. with you. Well, you know, of course that's wrong. Mm. But, you know, I remember I had this like uncertainty about even the whole thing of, you know, when these people are praying, when someone prays for someone else and they and they fall over like is that even like god or is that like some weird spirit like i or is wasn't it fake or is it fake? Just fake is it, it right? all fake and i think there's right. a bunch of there's a little bit of all of that that can happen right. you know i think it can be fake i think that it can be a a demon and i think it can be real now the reason i say that now it wasn't always that way that i thought that but i thought that because one day i was just praying for this was years ago just praying for someone I had no plans of anything. I just prayed, all right? Just prayed mm -hmm. for this girl. And I just, and I and I commanded a, a, a demon to leave her. Yeah. And suddenly she just fell backwards and on the, on the ground. And mm -hmm. she's just laying there, like not moving or anything. I'm just, I'm just praying over her. And I didn't push her. I didn't, there's none of that going on, right? And because I, it happened under... Uh, you know by me you know praying for her suddenly i realized well there's actually there is a real thing here like there is the the, the father can overwhelm someone mm, and they yeah. they man he's god like he is powerful he is he he is so much he can overwhelm us where you lose all strength and you fall before him some people say you're not allowed to fall backwards you're not allowed to fall forwards and he's like come on dude like <laughs> You just lose strength in your legs. And and this can happen, right? So my point is simply by sharing all this with you guys is that like, look, there is there is doctrine that we can create around something we don't understand uh, or because we've witnessed the wrong thing, the abuse of, right. of something that may have been good at one moment in, in time. But the reality is just we always need to be careful to allow the Father to do what He wants to do, right. even if it doesn't fit into our box and our mold. Because and one last thing I yeah. just want to say is that is is usually the most powerful moves of God are things that don't happen inside of our box of what we think it should look like. Right, exactly. Amen. And, you know, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to create the counterfeits and the abuses that we see today. And because we've seen some of these abuses and these counterfeits that we want to run away from the real thing and or, or we want to put the real thing into a box of what we think is safe, that we can that we can kind of control, actually. Mm. And really, how different is that from 
what the children of Israel did in the wilderness, mm-hmm. where they created a God that they could still call the God of Israel, right? But a God they could control, a God they could make into their own image. And we golden need to be calf. careful, right? That golden calf, that we don't do the same thing because we have seen abuses. We have seen things that were done poorly or misused and abused, counterfeits by the enemy, but that we don't let that color our vision. And now right. even we can't, walk in the things that are of God and that are biblical to do because we are held back by what we've seen the enemy do. Amen. All right, guys. So yeah, that's that's our message to you is don't put God in a calf. Don't put him in a <laughs> don't put him in a box. Mm, don't, don't put, put him in a golden box. <laughs> don't, don't put him in any box. <laughs> yeah. The Holy Spirit does not like to be contained in mm. human boxes because mm. the Bible tells us so. It says that the carnal mind is at enmity with the Spirit of God. Usually the first thought that pops into your mind about something that happens that God is actually doing will usually be evil. Like we will have thoughts of this is not of God or thoughts of God cannot do this or thoughts of when I, if I was going to pray for this person, they would never get healed yeah. or thoughts of that word of knowledge you received or pro- it's probably mm-hmm. wrong or that it's always a thought that is in contradiction to what God is doing or wants to do. So we have to be very careful mm-hmm. with our thoughts to make sure that they actually are tested with the word of God mm-hmm. to see, is there a word from the Lord that is right. forbidding what is happening in front of us here? Or could it be that he is moving in a new supernatural way? Because, right. I mean, think about it, man. The first time that mm-hmm. that in Acts 2, the gift of tongues is poured out on people and they're speaking in tongues and it's... It's so such a thing that people are actually coming and saying, these men must be drunk, right? That means that there were some religious guys in there who had to use who used their carnal carnal mind, their carnality to make a judgment. And that is the that tells us what the natural one thing is that men want to do when it comes to God's moving. So what if he did something like that around you? What if he pour out his spirit where people start speaking in tongues, yet you don't even know what that is. You've never heard about that before because that's what happened there. They didn't have teachings about what the gift of tongues is, what it's supposed to look like. They didn't, none of that was around, but yet God moved, right? The question was just going to be, is this against the law of God? Is this sin? Right. That's the question to judge rightly. And the one thing that really inhibits the Holy Spirit from moving is when we try to put it in a box. Because I don't know if you notice, if you try to put like a, a bird yeah. in a box, can it fly? Not really. You can have the bird, but it's not going to be able to move the way that otherwise it would have if you simply let it free. Yes. And this is what you can see even in the simplicity of when there's a pastor mm-hmm. of a church, right? He's pastoring his church, but he's not mm-hmm. seeing what, you know, anything of the Holy Spirit in his church moving yet. And he desires yeah. this, the simple prayer of saying, Father, you know what, Lord, I release control. I I say, God, if you want to heal people in this service, yeah. Lord, you wanna you wanna give me a word of knowledge while I'm up there about mm. a person in here, Lord, you want me to mm. opening up that right. door for the Lord for His Holy Spirit to move already will be bringing change right. in a service that is quenching the Spirit by just allowing Him, just allowing Him welcoming in yes. Him in because look, you're welcoming. Here's the thing, guys, you're welcoming a spirit into your environment. It's either going to be the Holy Spirit or it's going to be another spirit. An unholy spirit. So what are you going to do? Who are you going to welcome in? And the unholy, let me tell you this, is the unholy spirits 
in this world, demons that like to trash the works of the Holy Spirit that like to speak down upon. Like, remember, with Yeshua casting out demons, what does the, the Pharisees say? The demons speak through them, basically. And they say, look, he's doing this by the prince of demons, trying to attack the works of the Holy Spirit. And so that's the question is, what spirit are we working by, speaking by, or are we going to be laid by? And as the unholy spirits, you can say that the demonic spirits that are the ones that will fill us with the, you can say the, the photo negative, the opposites of all the fruits right. of the spirit, where there should be love and humility and gentleness and patience and kindness. We have, we have pride, we have arrogance, we have abuses, we have, you know, seeing ourselves, putting ourselves in the place of God, right? All of these things that are caused by an unholy spirit and we need to relinquish control. Mm -hmm. We need to open up our hands and surrender and really allow God to do what he does best. Amen. Amen. Guys, so we hope that this has blessed you just to talk about the Holy Spirit a little bit. If you want to hear more about him, please subscribe to this channel and like this video. It really helps promote this video in YouTube. And uh, we just want to say thank you so much to our partners who makes this possible. Many blessings and shalom. Shalom.